This is a previously recorded episode. Show is broadcasting live from Detroit Sound Studios above Activate Gaming and is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Broadcasting in Ferndale from the podcast Detroit Studios above Activate Gaming for the last time, actually. Not that this show is being canceled or going off the air like my wife's favorite, Nashville. (laughs) We are moving, I guess. And Jessica, who is our producer, as always, uh, told me when she walked in this afternoon that this will be the last show and we are moving a couple miles down the road to a new studio. Yeah. Yeah. Then we'll be in Royal Oaks. So we'll be on 11 and uh, Please Hilton. do not give out where we will be. <laughs> I just said 11 you, and Hilton. That's way it too much matter. information. It's on the website. Way too much information. Have you seen <laughs> pe- what people have been saying about me lately on Twitter? <laughs> I, I don't have Twitter. I we, do, I think. I just... We don't have enough money in the DSR in. budget for Kevlar vests for everyone. So please, <laughs> please withhold the information. Of where we'll be brought. We'll be somewhere in Michigan. Either way, we're moving. Oh, okay. Somewhere in Michigan might be even, that might be too much information. So, <laughs> will the studio next week when we do the show, will that be video or? Uh, that I'm unsure of. I know that, you know, Dave and Bob are going to get the video up and going. I don't know if it'll be right off the rip next week or if that's going to be a couple weeks out because I think they're waiting for different software. So there's like okay, a three eventually, video. But eventually we're going to have video over there. Yeah. Which means I need to go on a diet. Uh, and you'll need to wear eyeliner. Yeah, I have it on today, so there's that. And my hair will not be able to wear bright Ricky Fowler orange <laughs> Puma shirts. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, my hair Bahatnagar is in the studio uh, tonight. The uh, DSR's uh, new managing editor who wrote a uh, very interesting 4,000-word piece <laughs> on Lansing State Journal columnist Graham Couch. My debut piece for the DSR, actually, uh, at least in written form on the website. You didn't uh, write anything under the gnome de... What is it? The gnome de plume? What is, the, what is that phrase? Nomenclature? Yeah. Or, no, gnome de plume or something. Uh, it's like the name for a fake author uh, of Melrose Jerry no. Green. You never wrote anything? No, I don't think I, I, heard, I, I, I hear Jerry Green's in uh, bad health and <laughs> might have... <laughs> Why are you laughing at that? <laughs> Jerry Green on Twitter, I hear, just entered hospice the other day. And we're keeping a close uh, eye on that situation. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers go out to <laughs> As Twitter's, <he> laughs. Twitter's, Twitter's Jerry Green. No, 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 really not, not the re- <laughs> What's what's that account's name? <laughs> Jerry Green News. 
Yeah, yeah, that yeah. that accounts in hospice not doing well, and uh, we hope to update oh, information. I took that literally. It's, yeah, don't take anything. <laughs> we were supposed to have a another guest host tonight uh, filling in for the uh, absent, departed, whatever you want to call him, the former managing editor of the Detroit Sports Rag, Justin Spiro. Who, by the way, can we get before I tell you who the guest host was going to be who didn't show up? Can we address one issue right off the bat, Jessica? Um, okay. I so guess Spiro, so. So Spiro called the show last week. Yeah. And then, well, first let's go back up a second. He called the show at about, what, 6.51? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't was... think we've ever done a show till 6.51 in our lives, first of all, first off. I mean, maybe twice. Okay. And we have to get the studio cleaned out of all my Jack and Diet products and my computer and everything. So the 17 people who do the undercard can get in here, <laughs> right. the, scant, the scantily clad ring, ring girls, yeah. the other, the, the hosts of the show, we have to like vacate like around 10 to 7 right. for the undercard. Am I lying about that? No, okay. no, no. So Spiro calls in literally like, what, 6.51? Yeah. We didn't know who it was. And, and, no, because I don't know his number, so I didn't, you Right. Know. And you tried, tried to pick to it answer. up. And nobody I was there. I tried to answer just I did tell I did Facebook message him that after the show. He's like, I call. I'm like, oh, I tried to answer it. So Spiro tried to call with about le- negative two minutes left in the show. <laughs> then when he didn't get picked up, even though Jessica tried to pick it up, he bombed me for avoiding him. So if Spiro wants to call the show tonight, uh, we don't avoid anyone, and, and, and he can call in. I don't want it to be in the first segment. I haven't talked to Spiro at all. Um, really? Other than no, no, other than him going on Twitter and unbanning me and saying, <laughs> "Hopefully, I got my act together <laughs> and I've cooled my jets." So, if Spiro at some point during the show wants to call, uh, be, preferably before ten to seven, uh, he's more than welcome to, and he can uh, have the uh, floor and he can say whatever he wants. But now, getting to the co-host who the, of the show for this week, who was supposed to be filling in for Spiro, uh, recent Syracuse graduate from the School of Broadcasting, uh, Jasper Apollonia, who uh, Jessica knows, filled in a couple times over the Christmas break when Spiro was down at the Cotton Bowl. So I get a message. So this has been agreed upon for a couple weeks that uh, last week Ryan Terpster was going to fill in for Spiro. It's kind of like the uh, wind stuttering John's job. We're auditioning people every week uh, with Mihir being the constant, uh, you know, assistant to the program here. So this is the text message I get yesterday at 11.39 from Jasper Apollonia. Once again, recent graduate of Syracuse University. At least I thought, quote, hey, I won't be able to do the the podcast tomorrow, unfortunately. I got to figure out what to do in order to get all the credits I need. Sorry for doing this so last minute, but I got to get this shit done. (laughs) Once again, I'll quote, I got to figure out what what to do in order to get all the credits I need. Okay, so, so Jasper, did you graduate? Hold on a second. Okay, hold on one David. second, Jessica. Go on Facebook on Jasper's page. Go on his father's page. All weekend, all I saw were pictures of Jasper Apollonia <laughs> graduating from Syracuse University. Picture, you know, his cap and gown, the tassels, uh, graduating with Gary Delabate's son, Baba Bowie, at Syracuse. That's all I've my whole entire feed. Filled up with pictures of Jasper with various family members graduating. So why do I get, quote, unquote, I got to figure out what to do in order to get all the credits I need? 
I isn't that a, is, here? Isn't that a isn't that like a prerequisite to graduating? Having all the credits you need. Last time I Th- That is, but uh, I, at least from my experience at Michigan. Oh, here comes the defense. <laughs> no, um, if you have to finish up some credits in the summer, I know uh, the DSR's own Scott Anderson. He has to finish up a few credits in the summer. Oh, okay. Um, they'll let you walk at spring commencement. So if you have, I don't know, like 10 credits or so, you finish up in the summer and then you walk at spring commencement rather than waiting till so the summer. So there might be an answer to this nefarious situation so, yeah, Jasper, where, an, you know, less than 29 hours before the show, I'm told that he's got to figure out what to do with the credits. I think this might have something to do with the fact that he might be looking for a job <laughs> in this market and realizing <laughs> what a toxic program this is. But let me tell you something, Jasper. You don't want to burn bridges with Joff Mess. That's not what you want to do. Because we're going to, in this first segment, in a few minutes, get into a, a former Syracuse graduate in the broadcasting field and what he's doing these days. So it's going to be a cautionary <laughs> tale for you, Jasper, for fucking me like you did. So we'll get to that in a few minutes. But I, I want to open Phrasing. Up you mean over. Fucking you over. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Listen, Just I, saying. Jasper's a good-looking guy. If, you know, I'll take action anywhere I can get it these days. <laughs> totally. but I wanna, I'm but Facebook I, messaging your wife. She's not listening. Yeah, she's getting her hair done, I think, right now. So uh, she's not probably listening. Or she's listening to the show with her. The girl, woman who does her hair, another <laughs> Melissa, and they're wondering why, why, where did where did things go so wrong? Does she actually <laughs> listen to the show, Melissa? Yeah, yeah, she does. Oh, yeah, she does. I, I think just to monitor what's going on between me and Jessica more than anything. But <laughs> she's not exactly the most trusty person. No, well, come in here. Yeah, no, she was. Then I can she was you. going to. She was going to come in this week, but she had her hair done. Had well, to get her hair done. I, so that's there are priority, obviously. So last week we kind of ran out of time, and it, before I go into that. As I was sipping my Jack and Diet here, uh, self-medicating for my pinched nerve, I, I do want to apologize to Ryan Terpstras, who, who who came in last week. Uh, very nice, uh, like I said, he used to work for WDFN ninety six one in Grand Rapids. A guy with actual broadcasting bona fides, and I was a little on fire last week, and a little didn't really let him get in a lot of words and edgewise. And I figured there was so much to talk about tonight, and there I probably go be going on some rants that. When Jasper uh, canceled because he needs to figure out his credit situation <laughs> 48 hours after graduating, um, I, I just, you know, there were a couple people wanted to co host, and I said, yeah, I think probably wouldn't be fair to them. Mahir doesn't talk a lot. So, so uh, it, it's good to have him in the studio if I have to bounce anything off, and I got Jessica. So, last week, we ran out of time. I wanted to tell a quick story. Uh, kind of a funny situation. I don't know how much we discussed on the podcast when Spiro was here, me here about uh, the Twitter troll who had the name, uh, the handle on Twitter. Jeff Moss can't have kids. Oh yeah, at Jeff Moss. No, uh, excuse me, at J Moss. No kids. I don't know how much we discussed that subject in general. It, it was pretty brief. We only really touched on uh, Jeff Sparks. The Tigers groundskeeper. Oh, uh, right. Or on the grounds crew, yeah. Yeah, who we who we outed for having some racist uh, vines <laughs> out there and some nasty uh, Twitter comments. But I don't think we talked about this J Moss no kids very much. Uh, let me read some of the tweets from from this guy. Uh, Love him or hate him, Jeff's wife still can't have children. Followed by sixty five smiley faces, crying. <laughs> la- uh, Crying tears of laughter 
with the middle finger. I would junk punch this dude. Uh, another one. Can you do a podcast on how your wife can't have children? This is uh, another one. Uh, let's see. To, to Terry Foster, black people are lazy, and your ni- your wa- your daughter has a nice booty. Now, Jessica, what? Terry Foster's daughter goes to Westmanville High School, and I think is sixteen or seventeen Jesus. years old. Jesus. Okay. Yep. So, what a sick bastard. So this was an anonymous person who, for basically a couple of years, oh yeah, had been saying these things. Now, the only reason anyone knows about my wife's fertility issues is because I've written about them on the website. Right. Um, I have mentioned them on this podcast. Uh, my wife can have children. Uh, we are probably starting uh, IVF in a couple months. So, oh, really? Maybe, but don't don't let don't tell anyone. Is anyone listening to this show? <laughs> is this the private maybe group a couple, here? Maybe a couple people. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Well, we can edit out that out in post. But well, anyway, did you find out who this guy is? Or so, so yeah, yeah, we're getting, getting I'm, yeah. That. So I'm getting to that. So Spiro, before he got mad at me for being M to him, offered a thousand dollar bounty. To anyone who could find out who this person is. Right. So uh, people on the internet, you know, you give out a thousand dollar bounty. Uh, you, you know, you ever see the movie? What was that movie? Bla- uh, that the movie Blackgate, not Aces. What was that movie where they give out that bounty and all these people started coming out of the woodwork? To, I don't know. You can... It was in Reno, Nevada. I'll look it up in the break. But anyway, no so all people still coming to the woodwork trying to find this guy. Uh, our our resident uh, investigator, Jump Pete. He got on on it. He got some information that we ended up giving to our real private investigator. And it turned out this person was a guy named Shannon Perky. His name's Shannon? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Shannon Perky. No wonder he has man issues. So his name's Shannon Perky. That was Jessica, by the way. I'm politically correct and uh, not making any comment about uh, his name. I am. Yeah, you can. That's fine. Listen, that's that's up to you. It's her prerogative. Exactly. I mean, your name's Shannon. So Shannon Perky, I guess he grew up in Monroe. And he moved to Georgia, and he has a bug up his ass about me, which is fine. I, if you wanted to put his real name to it, I didn't care. But he's bombing me, saying my wife can't have kids, over and over and over again. Which, I, which I, is like I, horrible. Like I said, which I didn't really – but I, that's not what I cared about. What was really the tipping point was the guy's also on Instagram, which is how we found out who it was. And Terry Foster, 97.1 host, former Detroit News columnist, who is a frequent target of this website for going back 13 years, uh, we're not friendly at all. I mean, the guy once tried to join forces with the DSR and take the – had the brilliant idea of taking a website in the mid-2000s and making it a paper version because that's where the future was. He tried to team up with us. That didn't work, and we've been bombing him ever since. We've had a, many Twitter wars. Uh, so – Suffice so it, anyone listening to the show knows that Terry Foster and I are not exactly great buddies, but nobody in the world deserves your 16 or 17 year old daughter no. to be attacked sexually, basically. The guy's making comments about her ass, about how he'd like to, you know, it's just disgusting and gross stuff. Not only that, he was calling Foster racial epithets on Instagram and on Twitter. Yeah. Called him a spook. So he is 
a racist child molester with a female. Well, I'm not going to say. Sounds like his life sucks. I'm not saying he's a child. I'm not saying he's a child molester. Just. I love the fact that the DSR, the most, the loose cannon on the DSR podcast, the one that we have to bring under control, is always Jessica. Like I don't have enough trouble with my own self. Jessica's the one that's. One day when this show gets shut down, it'll be because of Jessica and not because of me. Which is, you know, you could have got 150 to one at wins in Vegas on that proposition. But anyway, you're not liable for what I say, right? I don't know. The show's called the Detroit Sports Drink Podcast. I'm not an attorney. We used to have one on the show, but he's gone. So anyway, so here's the story. So we find this guy, Shannon Perky. We put him on blast on Twitter. Uh, From the moment that we made, you know, notified the world that we knew who this guy was, gone silent on Twitter. No, no, no tweets. Basically, he was creating new accounts all the time because I never cared i i didn't care but other people maybe foster or other people that he was attacking he was like going after uh john legend's wife oh chrissy Teigen, yeah right every time she'd post he'd say that you have an ugly baby so it wasn't even just limited to me or foster just every tweet was to someone Jeez. with some sort of quote-unquote celebrity attacking so he'd have to he'd get reported to twitter i think by people and then create another account they were all basically of the vernacular jeff moss can't have kids <laughs> so but so that so that was what happened. So we found him. We found him, found out who it was. So me being the magnanimous, nice, wonderful person that I am, I figured uh, Foster blocks me on Twitter. He doesn't really, I don't think, read the website very much. So I figured I have a I have a, I have a cell phone number from when he was trying to join the DSR back in the mid two thousands. So I figured I'll send him a text message mm-hmm. and say, look. We found out who this guy was who was harassing you and your daughter, making these sexual comments about, you know, a 17 or 16-year-old. I don't know if you want to do anything. I don't know if you care. But here's the information. Right. So, like, last Monday, I think I sent him this text message. And in with the text message, I included a screen grab of, like, the guy's phone number, his address, where mm-hmm. he worked, all of the information that we had on him. In case, you know, because who knows where, how this is going to escalate uh, on Foster's end because of the comments he's making about an underage girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's not a public figure at all, obviously. So I send it to him and I kind of forget about it. I got some work to do. It's in the morning. I jump in the shower, get out of the shower, and I get go check my phone and it's like got text message, Facebook messenger, text messages, voicemail, missed phone calls. Like, What the hell's going on? What, what the fuck? So the first thing I figure I'll do is I'll listen to the voicemail. Actually, man, oh, man, I should actually should play the voicemail. Except for I can't because it gives up the phone number. I can't do that. But what the voicemail was was a police officer. What? Yeah, from the West Bloomfield Police Department, a lieutenant, <laughs> saying this is Lieutenant so-and-so from the WP, WBPD. I live in West Bloomfield. Foster lives in Foster, uh, in West Bloomfield. Uh, I'm calling you in regards to a text message received from Terry, uh, received by Terry Foster. And I'm thinking, what the hell? Is, <laughs> what? So now I check, I listen to the voicemail, check the missed call. Now I think I'll go list, I'll, I'll go look at my uh, text messages. So let me pull up the text message uh, from Foster that I received. Who is this? I am afraid to download. Did you send the messages or do you know the person? <laughs> okay, I got you. Thank you. 
Those those were all the messages in a row before I could even respond. And then after I'm hearing from a police officer. Why the police? Because okay, because Foster when he got the message, obviously I guess he doesn't have an iPhone, so it just came up as like probably something embedded that he had to yeah, open. Yeah, he probably had to download yeah. it. So he probably thought Jeff is sending him porn or something. I, or or I was the guy. I was the Shannon Perky. And now I, I somehow got his cell phone number, Foster, and I was now harassing him. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes let's, sense. Let's break this down for a second. Uh, Terry Foster is yeah. not exactly the sharpest tool in the shed. So really not. he didn't really put it all together right <laughs> away. It took him, you know, who is this? I'm afraid to download. Did you send the messages or do you know the yeah. person? Okay, I got you. Thank you. Yeah, he's probably definitely like, deleted your number or at least your name from the number. Right, he didn't know. It was just I'm, a n- random I'm surprised number. you're not black, but yeah, go ahead. Okay, so then I'm like, it's Jeff Moss. That is the information we found on the person harassing the both on Twitter and Instagram. So then he thanked me, and then we had a conversation, which I'm not going to get into, regarding, uh, you know, our relationship and how, you know, even when I put him on blast, at least I do it in my name, and right. how we you know, don't have much respect for people who are anonymous. Uh, in the meantime, so we had talked for a few minutes on, on text message, and now I'm like, well, I don't know if Foster's going to call the cop back. I don't want to just not return the call. So, right. I, But when I got in the car to go to work, I'm like, well, I'll call the police officer. Not my first rodeo of getting called the cops on by someone. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the second time I've heard uh, of. Yeah, well, the Lions was one. Lions, when, yeah. yeah. The Lions. Uh, so I called the police officer. And by the time I had called the cop back, I guess Foster in the meantime had called and said, you know, this is what had happened. It wasn't the guy, the Shannon Perky. It was, it was someone trying to tell me who it was. So I talked to the cop for a couple minutes, and he asked me how I tracked down the information. I think probably, I'm guessing this police officer is probably a friend of Foster. Right. Um, who he knows from just probably around town. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's trying to get to the bottom of it. So, he, he, you know, I, and, I, and I told the guy, I'm, look, you need any other information, uh, you know, I'll put you in touch with anyone you need to. I've got, uh, got all the information. Uh, we get, and he asked how I found it. I told him a private investigator. He kind of chuckled at that. So it was just a funny story that uh, the headline of – Terry Foster calls the cop on Jeff Moss much better than what the actual <laughs> story was. But I, me- I meant to, uh, you know, uh, go into that last week. So that's that story. Uh, a lot of there's gonna be a lot of inside DSR crap tonight. So I hope you're prepared uh, for that. We will talk about the Red Wings and Tigers in a little bit. But uh, I thought that story might be humorous to some of you uh, regarding uh, the last time we were on. 105.1 had announced that they had fired program director Dave Shore. Uh, then that they were looking for a replacement. Don't have a lot of information on what's going on with that. Uh, I do want to read something to the folks out there, which um, only the private DSR group has, was privy to. I haven't posted this so far, so this is kind of an exclusive to anyone uh, listening to the DSR podcast, uh, the person who basically runs the greater media uh, channels nationwide is a man named uh, Buzz Knight. He's a vice president of talent acquisition or something. He's got a pretty big title. And he oversees all of the greater media properties, which 105.1 WMGC is one of them. Mm-hmm. So after Dave Shore <clears throat> got fired and they were looking for a new program director – I went on LinkedIn and found uh, Buzz's information. Now, a little backstory on that. A couple months ago when I wrote a story about how Dave Shore should be fired 
and what uh, 1051 should do uh, to try to salvage the absolute mess that has become of this radio station since they flipped from adult contemporary uh, three years ago this summer. I, I wrote a long article point by point. I think, I don't know, seven or eight things that I would do if I was in charge of the radio station. And I tweeted it out. And Buzz, who, who I think is in the Boston area, yeah, um, he liked or hearted, whatever they're calling it or yeah, favorited these days the on Twitter. Yeah. He liked it. So I knew he had read it. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So kind of half is a goof, half is, you know, see how he would respond. I figured I'd send him something on LinkedIn. Uh, so this is what I wrote to Buzz. Mr. Knight, my name is Jeff Moss. Some people call me Joff Mess. Others go by Jiff Mist. You might have heard of me. I have a nice little following in the Detroit area. It's actually larger than any of your current on-air staff at Detroit Sports 1051 <laughs> if you base it on social media presence, but let's not quibble. I think you might have read my article a couple months back regarding 1051's troubles because you quote-unquote liked it on Twitter. Anyway, I have some ideas for your WMJC property, and I think I could help you. I am not looking for a job. I already have a full-time gig, and it pays pretty well, and it also allows me the free time to torment your current on-air staff with my (laughs) quote-unquote hobby. I do think your station would benefit from hearing me out, though. I actually do a pretty popular podcast in town. You can see the numbers I attract on that podcast on the link below, and you can also listen to any of the shows if you'd like some quality entertainment. I know we aren't getting 190,000 cum, but I also don't have the benefit of a 50,000-watt blowtorch at the moment. And then I included the SoundCloud link to our uh, 29 episodes of this uh, outstanding award-winning podcast. I go on. Anyway, I hear you are coming to town, so let's get lunch. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> How about Como's in Ferndale? They're a client of mine, and I love their Anapasto salad. Hope to hear from you soon. Jeffrey Moss, DetroitSportsRag.com. So I sent that to him on LinkedIn, uh, thinking he'd probably ignore it, maybe get a chuckle out of it, but uh, I really didn't expect a response. Uh, a few hours later, though, in my LinkedIn mailbox, uh, which is uh, the first time I've ever received anything on LinkedIn because I, I work for you know my family business and I haven't had like a quote-unquote real job since Blockbuster Video back in 1988, <laughs> which I don't think is on my LinkedIn <laughs> information, but I did work for Blockbuster Video for a couple summers. Uh, which actually, actually, Mahiru, don't want to get off on a tangent, but it was a great job because uh, the pay wasn't great, but they allowed you to rent, take as many movies as you want home. Is that, so that was pretty cool back then. I feel like you wouldn't have to do much in that job, you know, just put the, oh, at the time it's probably VCRs, you just put them back on the shelf, you know, you ring up people. Yeah, yeah basically it was uh, yeah, putting the tapes back into onto the shelves, getting them out of the bin, mm-hmm. the after-hour bin, uh, ringing people out. It was a little humiliating seeing people from high school. Yeah. You know, I should have got a, probably got a job at the Blockbuster in Lincoln Park, not the one at 15 Mile in Orchard <laughs> Lake. But uh, I was never that bright. But anyway, so I get a response uh, from Buzz, which says, uh, quote, unquote, or excuse me, quote, thanks for the note, Jeff. I will aim to reach back and have a conversation. Appreciate it. I'm still waiting for Buzz to get back to me, <laughs> but I'm, I'm hopeful. And, you know, the, we're right, what, a mile and a half away from Ferndale? Oh, excuse me, Como? We're, yeah, we're in Ferndale. Ferndale. No, a mile and a half from Como. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's where their compound is greater media. Actually, we're about a mile. Yeah. 
They, oh, really? Yeah, they're they're yeah. Greater Media they broadcast out of Ferndale, oh. so I figured that would be a nice uh, central location for Buzz and I to break bread, right? And uh, maybe have a pizza. <laughs> uh, so we'll see what happens. I'm hoping to have a meeting with Buzz in the future, and hopefully uh, that will work out. Do you think we should call? You know, I wrote, I read, I'd written an I article. I can't really imagine him sitting down with you, considering that you just shred everybody on his network. Yeah, but you know what? I think the guy understands that I'm an entertainer. Yeah, and that I have an audience. Yeah, um, and that I'm. My audience kind of listens to some of the things I say, not everything, but uh, that I, you know, that I have taken a website from absolute nothing, from the, uh, you know, dustbin or ash or whatever it is of, of uh, you know, just nothing, and, and taken it, and we have uh, a pretty good audience, and his people on yeah, the air, you do his pe- the people on his own airwaves, don't even have a presence, a presence that I do. And they are assisted by an FM radio station. Like I said in the thing, in the LinkedIn message, a 50,000-watt FM station. Yeah. And, they, and, and they still can't get as much traction as I do. I do a Periscope. I get more people on my own damn stupid Periscope of me eating lunch with my cousin than these people <laughs> do broadcasting out of their studio. They, they did a Facebook Live chat or a, whatever it's called now, and they had, what, 200? No, 15 viewers. 15, yeah. 15 viewers. Right. Like, so, I mean, it's just – Embarrassing, and I think. Listen, I think he understand. I don't know what he, if he's going to meet me or if he's just get glad handling me. I don't know. If I were him, it'd be worth it. I mean, yeah. What's he to lose? Yeah, I'll buy. Exactly. Yeah. I'll buy the lunch. Yeah. I mean, I'll pay. Literally, I have nothing to lose at that point. So you know, we haven't talked. So uh, well, one second, I'll back up. So I wrote an article about the three people who I thought might um, have a chance at the job: Ryan mm-hmm. McGuire, who's at uh, WQAM in Miami. Uh, W-E-E-I in Boston's uh, uh, Kevin Graham, and then Greg Henson, who is in Pittsburgh at the ESPN station. So I haven't talked to Henson. So uh, I, I, if I told him I wanted him on the podcast, he'd probably just tell me to go to hell because he's trying to maybe get this job. So I, I, let's just try to call him blindly. Okay. And see, let's just try to call him and see if he hangs up on me. Is he a what? PD right now in Pittsburgh? Or is he yeah, a, he's a program he's director. A he was on yesterday actually on DFN. Uh-huh. Uh, filling in for Matt Shepard. <laughs> DFN actually still is a sports talk station, I guess. Napoleon. <laughs> All right, so let's see if we can get Henson on. And if we get Henson on, let's see if he has a, a, a cell phone signal that's not sounding like a, tom- a, a Campbell soup tomato can. Well, so far, the ring sounds good. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's good quality. I don't think that counts. Yeah, it doesn't count. It's ringing. That doesn't count. He hasn't answered yet. <clears throat> Hello. Hey, Hanson, it's Moss. We're on the podcast. Are you allowed to talk to me, or are you going to hang up? Why? What are you doing? We're just doing the podcast. I just, we're bored here. I'm here with Mahir Bahadagar, Jessica. Hi. What's up, Hanson? Hey. Yeah, I just want to see anything going on. Anything to talk about? Any- <laughs> Hello? No, why? What do you got? I don't know. I don't know anything. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You actually have a good signal for once. Where are yeah, you? Yeah, sound good. I'm on 79, man. You're on 79? Oh, okay. So have you heard anything? Have you been hired yet? I mean, I'm looking for an exclusive here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that ain't happening. <laughs> that ain't happening? <laughs> oh. That's not that's not positive news. How did things go how did things go at DFN yesterday? Really well. Yeah. Really well, man. A lot yeah. of calls. Thanks for listening. Uh, listen, you were going up against Jimmy Kimmel and Steve Martin on the Howard Stern <laughs> show. And, you know, as much as I love Mark Snyder, 
from the Detroit Free Press and what he did uh, <laughs> regarding uh, Rich Rod, uh, you know, one of the fam- most famous comedians of all time, uh, doing his first interview on the uh, Howard Stern show, <laughs> took a little precedence. I, I apologize. Oh, there you go. Not there to mention I was I in Chicago. I, not to mention I was in Chicago, and I really, I don't think, I'm not sure DFN gets uh, goes that far. <laughs> but how'd everything go? I heart. I heart. Uh-huh. Oh, that's right. Shit. <laughs> Sorry. I heart. So you get good feedback from it, though. I mean, what's that? Get good feedback. I'm, I can't hear you. Did you get good feedback from the parents? Uh, you know. Oh yeah, it was good. It's always good when it's just one day. They they don't start to hate you until three or four days in. That's right. So nobody from the teams tried to call in and say that Tenson can't <laughs> fill in for Shepard once every six months. <laughs> Not yet. I'm sure they try though. Bill Keenan's probably burning up the phone lines. <laughs> Oh, yeah, by the way, we should talk about that for a second that you brought up that name. Did you see last week they had the rookie um, symposium yeah. for the Detroit Lions? <laughs> and there was a there, – I, I, I can't believe I had to make a note about this. But there was part of, like, the introductory to the NFL was the history of the Detroit Lions. So who was their, yes. who was their second round pick? The uh, second round pick tackle? was uh, the guy Robinson. Robinson. Yeah, yeah, Ashawn yeah, or something. Mm-hmm. So they asked him like, "What was you know? How did that go?" He goes, "Oh, that was really informative. It, it was very interesting. <laughs> like the, the history of the Detroit Lions." Can you? It, well, that's it, because that's not a hard test to pass. It, it, you only Bill, have to remember one year when they ask you about the playoffs. So Bill Keenis, so Bill <laughs> Keenis, who the co- only cockroach it seems in the whole entire building of than Caldwell, who made it through Bob Quinn's first firing. Uh, oh storm. yeah, he cleaned out the building. He, I mean, he cleaned out. They're firing scouts. We had a story about how he called one guy in. Some some person who I guess he had heard good things about it when he was the Patriots. One of the heads of a department. He had uh, come into the office with, and, and met with Quinn for the first time. And Quinn's like, "Is there anyone that you don't like in your in your like uh, division?" And he goes, "Yeah, this one guy I was trying to get rid of." And Quinn called him like right then and there. He goes, "Hold on a second," and fired him. Like, hey, "Bring all your stuff. You're gone." <laughs> Ari Gold style with yeah. the paintball. <laughs> right. That's what that's what Quinn's was doing. Except for Bill Keenis, and Bill Keenis is giving the uh, however what six or seven or eight rookies. The history of the Detroit Lions speech, <laughs> and then Robinson saying how it went well. Like, what? That's like, can you imagine? Like, let's just say for some god awful reason, you decided to move to Haiti and become a citizen, and they give the speech. Here, we're going to give you the speech of uh, the nation of Haiti. Well, how did that go? <laughs> this poor guy is yeah, going all, the, for- all our accomplishments in the Detroit Lion history. Have we told you yeah. about the uh, earthquake that killed 70% of our yeah. population four years ago? This poor guy's going from Nick Saban at Alabama, the best college football program out there, and now he's Caldwell with the Lions. Probably... If not for the Cleveland Browns, the worst NFL franchise today. This this poor guy is going from (laughs) Bear Bryant's history, uh, Nick Saban winning national championship after national championship, and then he walks into a room in Allen Park, and (laughs) Bill Keenis is saying, "Uh, yeah, we've won one playoff game in the last 58 years. 58 years years 58 years. Uh, We're the only original NFL franchise that's never been in the Super Bowl. And then Burkett, Katzenstein, Rodgers, and Mankey catch him afterwards. Well, how did that history lesson go? Oh, it was great. (laughs) It was awesome. Poor guy. Poor guy. I'm surprised the guy didn't go find the Ambassador Bridge and jump (laughs) off. 
Now the check still clears. Yeah, that's true. That is, that is true. Yeah, he, he's going to get paid. So we figured we'd check in with you, but you got nothing to report yeah. at all? No, not at all. Nothing. Less than nothing. Man, oh, man, oh, man. I'm trying out here. <laughs> I'm trying out on the streets for you, Henson. I know we've I know we've had our disputes in the past, and I'm sure this isn't helping at all. I guess we can discuss oh, I'm uh, sure. the GOP. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, listen, <laughs> listen I, I've got a message here from Buzz Knight saying, thanks for the note, Jeff. I aim to reach back and have a conversation. Appreciate it. Look at I'm throwing your name in the hat when I meet him. When we go to Como's and I'm sitting eating there my salad with the salami and the mozzarella cheese, I, I'm going to be telling him, hire Greg Henson. That's, that's, do, listen, I'm being fun of Do me a favor, dude, don't. <laughs> are you saying that's a huge solid there don't do that don't yeah he actually that. wants to get hired oh sorry so i should tell him, <laughs> so i should tell him all of the wonderful things that kevin graham did in town just tell him what an idiot i am and you hate me and then maybe i'll have a shot in, in all seriousness <laughs> should i play the audio of uh ian reed kessler and taylor phillips <laughs> playing out our our three twitter wars here, just sure. listen. I just, here, just listen to this. Anything we were to in, indicate that you want me dead might might, might yeah, help. Here, listen. I don't want Henson hired to hear some audio of him calling my telling him saying my wife's got a big honker and then me insulting his <laughs> wife back. Yeah, exactly. A couple of class acts. That in we all are. seriousness, yeah. no. Well, would you take his call if he was interested in you, Henson? He can't answer that question. He's gainfully employed in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's true. I have a that's gig true. in Pittsburgh. The guy's happy. I love Pittsburgh. The guy's happy <laughs> <Huh>? there. <laughs> yeah, I am really. I like it here. It's great. Great place. Henson, I'm trying to run Definitely. this. I'm trying to run this show above board, and Jessica <laughs> is blasting oh, you know people, uh, you know, with uh, with uh, misogynist comments, and now me here putting you right on the spot. Nah, <laughs> there's no spot to be put on, man. I'm, I'm in Pittsburgh. Yeah, well, things are going great. And, uh, you know, listen, hopefully one day 105.1 is a viable radio station. And, uh, look, if I, if I meet Buzz, I will just sing the praises of uh, McGuire down in Florida. Anyone but me. Anyone but you. Uh, it's Tom Maz. Listen, I'll tell him that maybe maybe you should promote Tom Mazaway from, in, from inside. I, look, anyone, just do not hire Henson. And if you don't believe me, uh, just go and read these tweets. So yes, that's exactly the strategy. I'll, I'll, I'll tell. <laughs> I'll tell. Look at this one time where Henson accused my uh, best friend's father of. Well, forget it. We're not going to. All right. Yeah, well, that's true though. Yeah, I know. Well, listen, listen. I, that, that's what that's what this show is all about. Reality radio. Yeah. You know, I learned from the exactly. great uh, Neil Rogers and Howard Stern. Talk just just you know just be open about Two the best. About your your wife and ectopic pregnancies and uh, affairs that family members might have. <laughs> Everything is on the table. Bring it out. Th- Get it right. in the dirt, man. That's what. That's listen. Back in the day, listening to WDFN. That's what you know. That's what I learned from you. When you know when Jamie Samuelson's parents would be in the studio and Jamie would say, "Hey, look, my parents are here." You know, kind of keep it on the down low. No dick jokes yeah. today. And then you'd open yeah, up. Don't and, be edgy today. Don't cuss. Yeah, no cussing. Don't be edgy, and then you'd open the show. No sex talk. Then you'd open the show asking Jamie, it, it, you know, if uh, Christy likes it from behind. <laughs> I don't know if I ever did that. Oh well, I'm listen. I'm trying to help you out here, Greg. All right, we, we better we better let you go. Before no, you're you, really actually not. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we, I, I, we better let you go before you drive into a pylon or something on the expressway there in Pittsburgh. But what's that? I, I got to let you go before can the we, next second. Can we get a prediction for uh, Michigan football this season from Henson? How many games do they play? They're playing 12. 12-0 plus the bowl game. 
What do you think, Henson? A prediction. I, you know, I, I talked about this yesterday. I don't know how we could possibly know when we don't even know who the quarterback is. That's going to be a corn. I, I think Spade, but it is kind of boring, but yeah. you know, I, I think these early predictions are so douchey, you know, until, I mean, how do you know? They, they, they'll probably lose two games. Yeah, well, I could. I th- I think they're going to go. 10 thanks for bringing the show to a screeching halt, me here. <laughs> we're we're, ta- we're talking about this. We're talking about the sexual proclivities of Jamie Samuelson and, and Christy McDonald, and and Mahir interrupts with, "Hey Henson, what do you think Michigan's record's going to be this year?" Hey, this I is an on ear. This is an on ear audition for one hundred five one. We're doing right here, and you just you just brought us down to Rob Pasco level. All thanks the, a lot, Mahir. All the Detroit sports teams have let me down. They're all you know shit right. Happen, right? With what 105 warning. What's gonna happen now is it's gonna be all over the place that I was talking about Jamie and Christie, not you. Oh. <laughs> Listen, this is That's gonna be... what happens every time I go on your podcast. This... <laughs> me. Because will... I make it it's okay. all my idea. This will be archived. Anyone wants to listen to the show, they are more than happy to see that. Greg was an innocent bystander. But listen, if you want keep putting up .8 ratings, that's fine. If you want entertaining just, discussion they don't like, like we've just had over the last 10 minutes. What is that, MapQuest? What the hell? <laughs> no, no. What? All right, we better let you go before you have less than zero chance of getting the gig. <laughs> Th- thanks, Greg. Yeah. I'm here. We're gone. We're hanging up on you for your own good, for your own benefit. Hang oh, up on you, Jess. Thanks, Bye. Okay. Bye. All right. So let's see. It's 5.42? Holy shit. shit. The time for, Should we take a break before we yeah. go into the dairy stuff? Just yeah. so there's a sec, there's an actual break yeah. in between talking to Henson and then bombing Matt Dairy, just in case anyone mm. from greater media is listening to this. Let's take a All break. All right, we'll take one break. When we come back, Matt Dairy, who uh, used to be the PM Drive host at 105.1, he was dismissed with Drew Sharp. A couple months ago, before uh, Dave Shore took over with Lindsey Hunter, <laughs> that was a very wildly successful program. Uh, so Derry goes on yesterday on Facebook, which I didn't even know you could do. You can do these. What Facebook is that? Live. You can do Facebook Live. Yeah. Now. We need to get into that. We need to look into them here. You're, you know, you being the Indian IT guy, you're going to have to show me how to do Facebook Live. Completely ignoring me. He's like Spiro, just reading his computer. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Spiro's bombing us on Twitter. So he is? Yeah. Well, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> Is, why? Is he saying this show's not the greatest thing he's ever heard? <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> well, well, we'll get to... I'll, I'll read uh, Darko State News' uh, tweets during the break. When we come back, we're going to play some Matt Dairy clips. And if this show isn't worth the uh, zero dollars you're paying for it, I don't know what is. We'll be back in a few minutes. This is a previously recorded episode. All right, we're back on the DSR podcast. Uh, over the break, Mike. He's not even the co-host. He's just assisting me today. I'm, I'm handling this basically on my own with the contributions of Jessica chiming in as the producer, getting me in trouble over her comments about women. It's a man named Shannon. What do you want from me? Okay, I'll stop. Please. Yeah, okay. And uh, Mahir, who's graciously driven in to uh, help with some audio clips and other things and chime in when appropriate. And our former co-hosts of the show. I should call him a guest host just to further piss him off. Justin Spiro at Dark Coast State News. Just absolutely bombing tonight's program, which I think is quality entertainment, and I usually hate the show. Uh, first he goes – first he says, yet this is the second DSR podcast co-host to bail on the program due to issues regarding credit, which is completely a bit because that's got nothing to do with it. Uh, then he says, the DSR podcast is brutal tonight. Moss needs a co-host. The Penn and Teller thing that Moss and me here have going on doesn't work. 
can't the DSR podcast just get a laugh track and save me here the time and gas money? Uh, then he responds to someone else's post. Can you please bear the hatchet with Moss and return to the DSR? Nope, but I'm still a fan of the DSR, and hopefully they find a viable alternative to poor spy. Well, I did. His name is Joff Mess, and I'm hosting the show myself. Thank you. I think we're doing very well. Now Mahir is stealing my jokes on the air. Disaster. Great Ari Gold reference, Mahir. Where'd you come up with it? Hashtag Sharp 2.0. Mahir stole my quote, unquote, I wonder why. Graham Couch bit in his article. Now he's biting my jokes on the podcast. Nearly bait him. Stick to giggling. Wow. Just not not exactly the greatest review of the show tonight, but we will march on uh, even with that just negativity coming from... Uh, the former managing editor and co-host of the show. So yesterday, uh, I'm out and about, and I get a message on Twitter. I see on Twitter that Matt Derry, former host of uh, a program on 105.1, career update guy at both 11.30 a.m. and 97.1, the ticket, uh, he was let go, as I said before the break, a couple months ago after poor ratings. And among other reasons, maybe, which we might get into. And he was up for a job in Cleveland, his hometown. Uh, it was thought that he was going to get a job there on the radio station that I think broadcast the Cavaliers games. That didn't work out. He didn't get that gig. So I, I really would be done with Matt Derry. I, I really don't care. If the guy went and got a job at Quicken or Hanson's or, I don't know, selling insurance or whatever, I, I really would have no further comment on Matt Derry. Uh, the DSR has uh, well chronicled my uh, dislike for the guy after he failed to support me when Terry Foster went on Twitter and called me a racist. And I'm getting direct messages on Twitter from Matt Derry saying, yeah, I know that it's not true. But I can't say anything. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not getting in the middle of this, uh, even though we were friendly for, I don't know, 10, 12 years at the time. So, yeah, I got rightfully pissed, I believe. Uh, but like I said, look, he's out, if he's out of the media and he can't get a gig in this town or if he ends up in uh, Sheboygan or Kenosha, Wisconsin or Des Moines, Iowa doing radio, I, I really am not going to say much about the guy. But I just couldn't ignore – this Facebook Live thing that he did yesterday. I'm going to ask our giggler-in-chief here. Uh, what, so, so <laughs> Mahir, this Facebook Live thing is just what you can go on, like, video, do it's live video? It's basically Periscope, but for Facebook. So you can broadcast live, and then in real time, you type in comments. So okay. it, it basically is Periscope. So, it's per- so, they just, yeah. so Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg just basically ripped off Periscope just like you are biting uh, the jokes of Spiro and ripping off his articles. Apparently. Okay, so okay, so we got that clear. So I'm going to ask Jessica to play the first clip of Barry talking about what his new endeavor is going to be uh, because this is just astonishing audio or video. You're not going to be able to see Derry. Uh, just for, your, just for uh, the purposes of understanding this video, I, I, I think Derry had the camera like right on top of his face. Did you saw yeah, it? Was it was really, very bizarre. Really close to his head. Very yeah. close. Very close. Very bizarre. But uh, I'm going to ask Jessica to play this Dairy One clip, and then we're going to comment on it. Everybody, it's Matt Dairy. We are live and direct on Facebook. 
and uh, hope you're doing well on a Monday, and it's an exciting day certainly for me, as uh, I have a, um, a side venture that I've been working on, and we relaunched my website today at mattdairy.com, so please check it out. What it's really about and what I'm trying to do here, I know a lot of you are wondering, well, what's what's Matt going to do when it comes to radio and broadcasting and everything else, and there's some things uh, I'm hopeful down the road will, will take place, but right now... My main focus and one thing that I love to do is to speak and to do motivational speeches and public speaking. And my, and my speech winning in the workplace is something that I take a lot of pride in and I've had some success with in going into workplaces and talking to them about the disconnect that's going on between management and staff and how those things can get, uh, can get rectified. So for more information on it, and maybe you want to bring me into your office to let me speak to you. Oh, so you get a phone call right in the middle of the video that throws you off. Um, go- okay, this is outlandish on so many different levels. That Matt Derry is offering his services to come into your workplace and tell you how to have better teamwork. Uh, th- this is crazy. You were let go at ninety-seven-one. Jimmy Powers. Uh, didn't renew your contract. The reason you ended up at 105.1 in the first place is beca- not because you left on your own, but because 97.1 didn't want you. That's why you're not back on the air there, even though they're employing such broadcast legends like Dennis Fithian and Dan Leach. The accusation that came out against you was that you were having other people do your work and that you weren't a good teammate at 97.1. Your history, going back years, is backstabbing everyone that you've worked with. Talking behind their back. Do I need to remind you of all the tweets I've posted? Of you talking shit about coworkers? Do we need to go back to the fact that when you were at DFN going up against Valente, you, Matt Derry, were the one who told me that Valente's ex-girlfriend didn't want him going out to games at night because she wanted him at home and giving me dirt about Mike Valente. And then when you jump ship to 97-1, oh, you and Valente were buddies. I'm not sure which one of you was playing the single white female card, copying the other's bit. It's hard to tell if you were copying Valente or Valente was copying you. Or how about the fact that you were bad-mouthing Foster behind his back to anyone who would listen, calling him, saying that he had a name on uh, a screen named Boneship where he was trying to meet girls or something. I mean, you've been bad-mouthing people in the industry and backstabbing them for how many years? You just got let go for poor ratings at 105.1, and now you're offering your services of having a winning workplace? What delusion are you under? This is This is madness. Absolute insanity. I was listening to this with my jaw in my crotch. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard, at least this week. The guy is 
The guy is known for being a backstabbing weasel. His nickname on the DSR is Matt the Weasel Dairy. This is the guy who's going to come to your workplace and making it a winning one? Okay, go to the second clip because this even gets better. Ooh. On my website. Another thing that I'm very interested in is love and logic. And parenting the love and logic way is something that I'm going to start teaching very, very soon. And what it is is basically it's a parenting tool and technique that uh, moms and dads use to avoid conflict, screaming, yelling. You're a frustrated parent. You don't know what to do, how to handle your kids. You're trying everything. They're not listening. I'm telling you, if you go to my website at MacDairy.com and check out the Love and Logic section and the Parenting and Love and Logic Way section, this will be an opportunity for you to attend some classes that I'm going to start teaching pretty soon, and I'm going to have flyers and, and dates out there very soon. It's just amazing. I, I it, it, it works. It's worked on my three kids, um, and it's something that I take a lot of pride in, and I think it's just, yeah, I don't want to shove it down your throat and tell you it's the only way to parent your kids, but I do believe that um, it's just, it's... It's fantastic, it's fascinating, and it's so much easier for parents, and it's a win-win for everybody. Um, so, again, check it out at my website. Teaching courses on Hold parent- on, I have something for you. Okay. You're an idiot. idiot. <laughs> what, Seriously? What is the parenting the love and logic way? Uh, what's the first course? How to drive my kids to Indianapolis? <laughs> well, what? Is this some sort of pyramid scheme? He's going to be Matt Derry. Matt Derry, whose kids are living in Indianapolis because of his behavior, is going to be teaching parenting the love and logic way? Are you kidding me? How much does this cost? I think you guys should start a GoFundMe for a mental health fund for him because he clearly needs to go seek professional help because he's batshit crazy. There's like seven programs I'm being told by the DSR elite members. Uh, do you have anything to help raise kids with special needs like autism or ADHD? We recommend the following pro- uh, question after answer. You've got to pay for this stuff. Yeah, it, it sounds like a pyramid scheme. It's, uh, it, this has got to be a pyramid scheme. This is like me offering a course in decorum in sports talk radio. Like, Come to my sessions where I will tell you how to get a gig in the Detroit sports media and not burn bridges. That's basically <laughs> what he's he's doing he here. He picked everything he was bad at it and decided to market it as a career. Yeah, I mean, parenting the love and logic way. Giving speeches about the workplace. You've been fired basically from the last two jobs. What gives you the gravitas, the hubris, any other big word I can think of, to walk into a place, a business, and say, hi, I'm Matt Derry. I'm currently unemployed in the radio business because I've backstabbed and talked shit about so many people that I'm unemployable, but let me tell you how to fix your office. What? Play the, the next, the last clip because this gets even crazier. Times and, and opportunities coming up, but also coming to offices. Remember last year going to speak um, at Financial Architects in Farmington Hills, which is which is just, was just a great crew, and it was an office that really, really has had a lot of success. Ken Grace and Turner Thompson and everybody there, but sometimes the disconnect between managers and staff 
and, and, and folks just not knowing how to communicate with one another and, and people talking, um, you know, whispering at the water cooler about other people. I just I have some techniques that I think can really, really help and kind of clean that stuff up. The one thing you want to do is when you go to work, you want to have a desire, a passion, and a love for what you're doing. And deal. You have techniques to deal <laughs> with people talking and whispering behind other people's back at the water cooler? What is that technique? To do it via Twitter direct message? To do it to, to do it on iPhone? Mess- I mean, th- what? I don't, are, you, are you serious with this shit? The guy knows that he has all this prior history out there with you, especially. Why, why go into that? Why go down that path? Go get a job <laughs> waiting tables for all I care. Please, I beg of you, man. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to talk about you. <clears throat> you're, you're no longer an entity in the Detroit sports media. You're just a civilian like all the rest of us. Go do something. I don't care. What? Uh, you... I, you know, you you could be a salesman. You can obviously you, you obviously have no conscience about what anything you say because you're looking to help people with uh, backstabbing in the workplace and logic on the loving logic way to raise kids. So sell something. What? I, please stay off my radar. I don't want to do this anymore. I I I really don't. But when you do Facebook Live. Uh, video chats telling people that you'll come to their office and straighten out the gossiping? <laughs> you're the biggest yenta I've ever met in my life. And if you're not familiar with that term, it's Italian for being a gossip. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just dumbstruck, awestruck. I, whatever word you wanted, I can't even believe this. I, I cannot believe. This is the path that you went down. Are you just trolling me at this point? Are you just trying to give me fodder for the show? This Now, keep in mind, this is a guy who, when Sean Belisian left WDFN a few years ago, and he went to 96.1 in Lance, excuse Grand Rapids. Grand Rapids. I'm, thank you, Mahir. You see, you're here to do more than just giggle at my jokes and steal from Spiro. You're here to correct me. You're like Stat Boy. We'll take the title. In an orange Puma Ricky Fowler shirt. <laughs> it's an Ivory Coast soccer jersey. Come oh, okay. on yeah. Anyway, this guy bombed Sean Belisian to me because he gave an, an interview on MLive saying how he was going to Grand Rapids to do radio out of his basement basically from Northville, Sean Belisian. Bombed the guy. Matt Derry, and I've posted the Twitter messages, direct messages, because the asshole didn't defend me when Terry Foster called me a racist to 40,000 people, and Derry's telling me he knows it's not true, but won't publicly come out and say it, or even intervene and tell Foster maybe to apologize, because calling someone a racist is about the worst thing in the world, especially when they're not a racist, when they're a bleeding heart liberal who tries to carve their white skin off their body because they're so guilty. No, he didn't do that. So you've had the last few years of this. You went and told me that Sean Belisian should be embarrassed. He should be in hiding. Not giving interviews to MLive.com. 
about a new gig. He got a radio gig. Yeah, okay, it wasn't in Detroit. It wasn't the greatest job in the world, and that's why Sean ended up coming back and working at the station that just fired you a couple months ago. Funny how that worked out. But you told me he should have been humiliated and just went up with his tail between his leg to Grand Rapids and not said anything. This is the same guy, Matt Derry, who's now been let go by both sports talk radio stations in town and who's going on Twitter to announce that he's a talent judge for a minor league baseball team's national anthem contest. How about, Matt, you take the advice that you gave to me for Sean Belisian and go into hiding and don't broadcast the fact that you're at some mall in Brighton or wherever it was or Partridge Creek, I don't know, listening to 14-year-old girls sing the Star-Spangled Banner and judging if they should be allowed to perform in a minor league baseball game because that's what you're down to. That? And giving speeches about people talking about other people at the water cooler? When you're the king of that? And some pyramid scheme? Loveandlogic.com? Please, I beg of you, I don't want to ever talk about Matt Derry on this show ever, ever again. Just go away, please. There's plenty of jobs out there for a guy of uh, your intelligence. You you know went to Syracuse University. You've been a known personality in this town since the mid '90s. I'm sure you've got some connection. Maybe you can be the maitre d at the Vincetta Garage or the Union Wood Shop in Clarkston. I don't know. Just something out of the public eye, please. I don't want to do this anymore. We're going to come back and we're going to finally talk some sports on the show after this quick break. The Tigers, Brad Ausmus, what's going on with that? Uh, but I just could not ignore Matt Derry offering his services to make your workplace a winning one without the backstabbing and gossip. We'll be back after this. This is a previously recorded episode. Not exactly a professional show. I mean, I got a co-host who's just stealing from the last one. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we do have a clip. Yeah, the Avila clip. Yeah, we can. Uh, we'll talk about that in this one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, if you want to take a cigarette break, yeah, pretty much that's what I was getting. At. You're gonna have to wait. So, uh, you know, we have a, a controversy breaking out. Uh, the uh, ex-co-host of the show, former managing editor, the man you replaced, uh, Justin Spiro, all over Twitter accusing you of. Stealing references from Entourage, which I'm not exactly sure why anyone would even want to brag about ever watching that show. <sighs> Terrible garbage. It, it was good for a, f- a few seasons, and then garbage, it, garbage after. Whatever. Okay, uh, there's it, 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 it's really a controversy that's just out of control. And I'm going to ask you to apologize. We don't need any more um, controversy. Uh, I don't want, I don't, you know, Spiro and I, not friendly right now, but at least there's no turmoil. So I'm not looking to piss him off. But can I ask you to please apologize to Spiro for any 
any uh, impropriety, if you had stolen anything from him. Yeah, I apologize to you, Spiro, for using that Ari Gold reference earlier. Uh, I had no idea you used it in a podcast earlier, but just to clear the air, I apologize for you. So you haven't listened to all 29 previous shows every second? Uh, I have not. Well, (laughs) that's reason to get banned right there. (laughs) But So you apologize to Spiro? Yeah, I... I Unequivocally. Yes, yes, I'm apologizing okay. All right. for we don't, we don't need, stealing that. Listen, we don't need it. You know, Spiro has a lot, has a lot of uh, fr- um, power for people that he's friends with, uh, a lot of uh, financial w- wherewithal. I, I just don't want to get on his bad side. So let's just no, apologize. I, yeah. We apologize if there was any uh, misunderstanding. Yeah. And uh, please, Spiro, I'm glad you're listening. I'm, I'm neutral in this conflict. I want him to come back. I thought he was a valued... Yeah. Contributor to this website. And he's bombing you. So let's talk about the Tigers. Uh, the As I had reported last week, the source who had told us 17 days before anyone else in the world thought that there was any chance of Justin Upton signing with the Detroit Tigers. Um, that source had told me, I think it was Friday night, that the Tigers basically were... Uh, Going to get rid of Brad Ausmus by the time they came back to the home, uh, for the homestand. I think this nine game homestand, which yeah. is uh, they got Minnesota, obviously this uh, I think Tampa, and yeah. then the Phillies. Yeah, so really a very um, a, a lot of winnable games for this team at home, and it would have been a, a very uh, probably beneficial way to introduce a new manager, whoever that would have been. Oh, Do we have an update from Spiro? No, from uh, Tony Paul. He just said that Brad Osmus is suspended one game and fined for his actions in last night's game, and he will serve a suspension tonight. So, yeah, as I reported, uh, Brad Osmus <laughs> no longer not the manager. <laughs> I was right about that, right? So, yeah, so he's been suspended for a game, which that's I'm sure he won't be making the decisions from the clubhouse anyway, which is a complete farce. So we reported, basically, we thought that... Uh, that Osmus was going to be gone come yesterday, and obviously he's still the manager. He's uh, putting his sweatshirt on home plate and getting suspended and fined, so he's still here. Uh, what we've been hearing is that there is a complete disconnect between the three parties in some sort of control or leadership positions of the Detroit Tigers. And I don't want to not disrespect Spiro anymore. Uh, this is based on some of his reporting and his source inside the Tiger organization. Uh, an independent person who obviously is not the same person that Spiro has been talking to said that Osmus was probably going to be gone when they came back from the homestand. But it seems there's just absolute dysfunction down at Comerica Park. To the point where it's almost, I think, like the Supreme Court at this point because of Scalia's death. Uh, <laughs> every vote is 4-4 four, four, mm-hmm. and there's just complete nothing getting done. And I think that's kind of what's going on with the Tigers. I think yeah. Mike Illich wants Osmus gone. He wanted him gone last year. Uh, there's a reason that Brad Osmus is coming out and stating, yeah, I know I don't want to talk about my job. At this point, we know I could get fired. I mean, he's coming out and saying that. Yeah, I kind of feel bad for the guy. I mean, right. I mean, I do too. He's in a horrible position where 
there's rumors on the internet basically coming from you know Sparrow's source, which people can poo-poo this website all they want, but people read it. People know what's going on to the fact point that not only does Osmus comment that he's on the hot seat, I don't, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I know I could get fired at any moment. But then Al Avila comes out yesterday and addresses the situation uh, regarding Brad Osmus. And I think I think Avila was telling the truth where he said, "Well, I haven't, you know, I haven't had any, you know, consideration about replacing the manager." Because I think that's true. I don't think Al Avila wants to fire Brad Osmus. I'm pretty sure 100. percent I know that. But you have a situation which is completely bizarre, and we can't know everything that's going be on behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. But we're getting drips and drabs from sources like Spiro's, sources like mine, that there is a there's dysfunction out there. That Illich wants a new manager, and Avila. I think is holding the line. And and it's very interesting because Mike Illich gave Al Avila a five-year contract last August. And Al Avila, as we've said previously on this show, didn't just jump and say, where do I sign? He talked to Mike Illich based on what Spiro's source had told us last August that he wanted to take this team in a different direction than Dave Dombrowski, that he wanted it to be more analytically driven. Sabermetrics were going to be a priority with the new Tigers organization. Like I said, we've repeated this ad nauseum. They hired Jay Sartori from Apple. They promote Sam Menzen from within, who was their analytical guy for a couple years, who was completely ignored by Dombrowski and Osmus, as it would appear. Al Avila goes on MLB Network and they ask him about what's the difference in the organization analytically. And he says, well, now we have a department. Completely throwing Dave Dombrowski under the bus. Mm-hmm. It goes so far that when Tony Paul gets the first interview basically with Al Avila uh, last, uh, last, August. Fa- uh, August. Yeah, yeah, last August, Tony, Tony asks him kind of a just a general question. And Al Avila goes into like a 10-minute response about how this team is going to be more sabermetrically inclined. Tony Paul didn't even prod him. But that was Al Avila's uh, basically number one platform basically in taking this job. Mm -hmm. It goes so far to when he signed Mike Pelfrey. Al Avila made it known that this was a scouting decision, not not from the analytic department. Al Avila has gone bent over backwards to make it known to anyone who is paying attention that this team is going to be numbers driven, that they're going to be they're they're joining the rest of the major league teams in this century, as they should, of course, and we all are very happy mm-hmm. about it. So you have all of that backstory, and then you have an 86-year-old owner whose idea of the next manager to replace Brad Osmus is Jim Leland or Ron Gardenhire. It, it It's such a conflict between the man he just gave a five-year contract to and to this... 86-year-old man who played little, you know, minor league baseball back in the 50s or whatever it was 
and is aged into thinking that these crusty old managers who manage by their gut is the way to go. And there is a civil war going on inside that organization. And the wild card being Chris Illich. Because we don't know exactly where Chris Illich falls on the spectrum of advanced math, old school. We don't know. But it would appear, just based on the fact that Brad Osmus is still employed, even though Mike Illich has been insisting almost for like eight or nine months that Brad Osmus be dismissed, that Chris Illich is wielding a lot of power down there. And you'd almost have to wonder if he got a two- or three-year contract, if Al Avila would just have to cave. Mm-hmm. But he probably is thinking, look, what the fuck? I got a five-year deal. Fire me and yeah. pay me. It'd what look, are you going to do? It'd look really weird if they fired him. It would look insane. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it would almost – that's why I'm thinking that it's, it's this internal family dynamic that's going on. Why was – why did they just announce – 10 days or 14 days ago, the secession plans, once Mike and Miriam are gone, that Chris is going to be in. It's almost like there's some, look, we're never going to get to the bottom of this because basically the people reporting on it are Spiro Mm -hmm. and me. Where is anyone else discussing any of these internal dynamics that's going on behind the scenes? Where? Is anyone discussing it at the free press, the news, MLive? Nope. Nobody. Nobody's getting anything. So it's basically you either listen to the DS and you can listen, Brad Austin is still the manager. You want to mock me or Spiro? I don't care. I don't give a shit. I'm reporting to you what I'm being told. And I was told yesterday by that same source that don't view the fact that that nothing has happened uh with uh well here's the exact quote. Don't confuse silence with inactivity. There's a lot of things going on behind the scenes. We don't know everything, mm-hmm. but it's bizarre. And I am surprised that Brad Osmond still has a job, but I think, like I said, depending on who you ask, if Mike Illich had this decision by himself, he'd be gone. No question about it based on what Spiro is, is learning. But it, but it's not. And I'm thinking it's my, it's my impression that – Osmus is still here because Avila is saying no, and Chris Illich is taking Avila's side. And if you want to go further in Spiro's reporting, that they couldn't agree on a replacement. Mm-hmm. And, and this, I was on Ryan Schuling's show yesterday talking about this. There, in the middle of a season, there's not going to be a the, the replacement's going to be garbage no matter what. If it's Alan Trammell, if it's Kurt Gibson, if it's Gene Lamont, if it's Omar Vizquel, if it's Lloyd McClendon, you're, de- you're, you're basically dealing with degrees of awfulness. Lloyd McClendon, who is at AAA managing the Toledo Mudhens, quite possibly could be the worst manager, manager in the history of baseball. He has got all of the old school nonsense of Leland bunting in the second inning with, without any of the... Uh, History or the power to straighten out a, a, a clubhouse. He's terrible. He's he's African-American Jim Leland. 
Then you have Jim, Le- uh, excuse me, Gene Lamont, morbidly obese Jim Leland. Then you've got Kurt Gibson, Parkinson's Jim Leland, Alan Trammell, pockmark-faced Jim Leland. These are all horrible options to the point where, in my opinion, the best option is just keeping Brad Osmus. And anybody listening to this show knows I'm no fan of that guy. But what's the alternative? They're all terrible. Let it play out. And I am of the opinion that this season is not lost. I know there's a lot of uh, Tigers fans out there who think that this team's done already. On May 17th. I'm not one of them. Sorry. I'm sorry. It's a long season, and the advanced dance uh, suggests that a lot of these players are going to rebound. Like Upton, Pelfrey. Like- well, I mean... <laughs> Look, this team is going to score runs. How many times do we have to see it, the Tigers struggle when it's cold out yeah. and then they heat up in the summer? This lineup, in my opinion, could be the most potent Tigers lineup I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I've been watching this team since 1976. If Justin Upton goes on one of his streaks, look, we know what he is. To start throwing dirt on Justin Upton, a 28-year-old kid who pretty much just puts up an 825 to 850 OPS every single year after five or six weeks to just bury him is absolutely ignorant. I, I can't imagine that this guy at some point is not going to is going to stop striking out every other at bat, mm-hmm. and he's going to go on one of his patented streaks where he puts the team on his shoulders. You've got a leadoff hitter in Ian Kinsler, who's one of the top three Second baseman in the league offensively. The guy's incredible. Okay, the guy's been playing unbelievable. Really good. Coming yeah. off a war of what five or something last mm-hmm. year. JD Martinez, even though he went about zero for seventy, he's, he's starting to heat up now. He's yeah. coming around. We know what we're going to get from JD Martinez. Somewhere between eight fifty and nine hundred OPS. Miguel Cabrera is starting to hit for power. Victor Martinez looks like the guy who was second to Mike Trout in the MVP voting two years ago. Mm-hmm. Nick Castellanos is having a breakout year. He's one of the best hitters in the American League at the moment. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I understand that his batting average balls in play isn't sustainable, but even if this guy drops off somewhat and can put up somewhere around an 850 OPS, that's all we've been asking for him. And right now, he's the hottest hitter on the team. He's just crushing the fucking ball. He's hitting for power now. Like, he didn't do that before, so that's that's a good sign. Yeah, I mean, even if he did, he's never going to walk a lot. So if he puts up a 340 on-base percentage and a 500-plus slugging percentage. That's all we're going to get from him. That's mm-hmm. all we got from him. I'd be thrilled, mm-hmm. okay? Go down the line. This bad – Jose Iglesias, he, he's not, he, he's not a, a usually someone who is, is, you know, an automatic out at shortstop. Hopefully maybe Stephen Moya can hit some, the Cameron Maidman. This – to me, this team, if they stay healthy, things will get better, and they are going to score a ton of runs, which gets us to the starting pitching, which it's all going to be about the starting pitching. Mm-hmm. The American League Central is not a very good division. I've got news for you. The Tigers are right there within a game or two of all of the teams that we thought they were going to have to contend with. Yeah. Can- look at Kansas City's run differential. It's about the same as the Tigers, negative 38 or whatever mm-hmm. it was going into to yesterday. Negative th- they're not playing well. 
Cleveland is Cleveland. They're struggling. They're hovering around 500. So you've got a hot Chicago White Sox team who've got off to a good start. I don't believe that's sustain- sustainable. I think they're going to come down to the rest of the pack. And guess what? It'll probably take 87 or 88 wins to win this division. And that might be on the high side. Yeah. If this team can stay in contention for the next month or so, they now have some prospects. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's Derek Hill or Bo Burrows or, 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 or Jacoby Jones or whoever it is, if they have to add a starting pitcher who's going to be an unrestricted free agent come this fall, maybe even two, this team, they just need to play 550 baseball, whatever, six, not even 600 for the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. They just need to stay in shouting distance because, I'm sorry, we know Mike Illich isn't going to go into the season with a $200 million payroll and if they're anywhere within even spitting distance of the wild card. Yeah, they're four and a half back right now. Of the wild card? Yeah. Yeah, and playing absolutely horrible. Yeah. And like I said, if if if, if Verlander can, 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 can build on what he's been doing, if Sanchez, if Ausmus can figure out you've got to take him out the minute things start going south in the fifth or sixth inning, mm-hmm. uh, if, you can, if you just can get to a point where you can maybe add another starter or two, look, Hopefully Daniel Norris will come around. He had a, an improved start in Toledo the other night. Mm-hmm. Hopefully Fulmer can help you in the bullpen. Maybe Ron Doan, who I heard the last I had heard was throwing pretty well in Toledo. This the season's not over, folks. For all of you people who are trying to throw dirt on this team, it's please, it, it's not over. And what do do you want them to go and hire someone? Fire Osmus. Whether whether what, what I report is or Spiro, whoever, is meaningless. I'm just reporting to you what I'm being told by people who I think are credible, who have given us scoops in the past. Mm-hmm. But do you want the Tigers to fire Osmus today, hire Lloyd McClendon or Gene or whoever, and this team to right the ship, the starting pitching to come around, the bullpen to relax? K-Rod is what, got 10 saves in a row. Um, the hitting, which I think... Like I said, is going to be potent all year long uh, if they remain healthy. You want a Steve Fisher, Fisher situation where they come and they turn it around, and then everyone's pressuring El Avila. Mike Illich says, "Oh my God, the Tigers went from being four or five under five hundred when we fired Osmus. We brought in McClendon or Lamont, and we, and we ended up making the wild card or winning the division. And now you got to keep this guy. I think the best option is not firing Osmus." You know, there's been things that have Osmus have done that we've all been pissed off this year. Yeah, he's not perfect. Nobody we bring in is going to be perfect. But it seems to me, other than batting Mike Avila second and playing him way too much, I don't I don't even know why he's on the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like Osmus has been taking direction from Sartori, Menzen, Long. It seems to me that he is avoiding bunting more than ever. Yeah, I. I yeah, he's he had a poor week last week. Yeah, but, he had a horrible week, yeah. which compounded with the team being mm-hmm. shit. But I, whether or not Osmus gets fired or not, based on what we report, I don't give a fuck. I, I'm just I just don't see where any of these alternatives mm-hmm. from Jim Leland down to all the Jim Leland clones. 
is going to be any better for us. It comes down to the players. If they're not performing, this team's not going to do well. If they are performing, they're going to improve, and they'll be in contention for a wild card spot at the very least. And I and like I said, I think I think Chicago will come down with the to come back to the rest of the pack. Really, if all if, let's just say Upton comes back to just. 750, 800 OPS. Just mm-hmm. he starts hitting like we're somewhat accustomed to. Can you tell me when the Tigers had a better offense one to nine than the, I don't think they have. No. When these guys are firing on all centers, they're going to score a lot of runs. They're going to have to fix that starting rotation at some point. Yeah, you, they're going to have to make a trade. You can't skate by with just two starters who are consistently and, right. performing. Well, and Zimmerman's going to come back. Yeah. Uh, you know, of, you, you, you can talk about um, Upton improving, or you can talk about Pelfrey maybe being a little better, as I think he's been in the last couple of starts. He hasn't been as awful as he yeah. was. But, yeah, Zimmerman wasn't going to be Clayton Kershaw either. Mm-hmm. I mean, his numbers were unsustainable, and we saw last night him coming back to earth. So, yeah, there's going to be some of that. I'm, I'm just not ready to throw the season out the window right now. And I do want to play one clip before we go to the break, last break. This was Al Avila last night on Fox Sports Detroit, and he kind of was basically, I, I think this was addressing the rumors from, from, from my Twitter handle and from the DSR and from uh, Darko State News Spiro. So I want to play that Al Avila defending Osmus clip. Brad is a good leader. Uh, right, the, the one thing is, and you can see it from the get-go in spring training, how organized everything goes, um, the practices, uh, you know, we working on the defense, defensive situations, base running, you name it. Now, at some point, of course, everybody's going to be accountable. So the only thing you can do is prepare the best you can, work as hard as you can, work smart, and that's what we're seeing here. Now, at the end of the day, you still want results, and we need results, and that's what we're working towards. In this new world, social media and the like, do you have to have a conversation with him that says, all right, just keep doing what you're doing and the hope is that we've turned a corner well you know obviously what we're what we're working for is wins and with social media you know that i i told our local writers here they're here every single day they see they feel what we see and what we feel day in and day out they know what the players are going through they see the staff what they're going through and what they're reporting is they're on top of it. They're right here. They're seeing it every day. What they're reporting it is true and is fact. You know, uh, people in social media, they're not around. I mean, and they can throw anything out there. And I understand that. I understand the passion that they have, and I understand how much they want to win. But we also have passion, and we also want to win. And we're working towards that, and we're trying to get more consistent. So I, you can't get a better preparation than what Brad and his staff do. You can't get better preparation than what our, our players are doing. At the end, you still want results, and that's what we're trying to. That's what we're striving for. Okay, give me a press pass. I'll come down there. I'll even drive to Cleveland and Toronto for road games. I'm not the one who's keeping me out of the locker room, asking the tough questions that need to be asked. L, tell your staff in charge of media relations to give me a press pass and I'll be there as much as you want me to be there. With the Jewish news? Yeah, with the Detroit <laughs> Jewish news. I, I will be there. So don't give me this malarkey that I'm not there. You're precluding me from being there. I have a much larger audience than Matthew B. Aggressive Mori with the Oakland Press who has a press pass. So give me a fucking press pass. I'll come down and I'll ask the questions that none of these eunuchs are asking. And you want to compare me to 
Chris McCoskey and Anthony Fennick. Oh, these guys are there every day. They know they're there every day. Let's talk about Chris McCoskey for one quick second, okay? Chris McCoskey was being called out over the weekend by a coworker at the Detroit News, the crime writer for his own paper, George Hunter, was bombing Chris McCoskey and called him, quote-unquote, a Brad Osmus apologist. This is a person from Chris McCoskey's newspaper, a co-worker on Twitter calling him a Brad Osmus apologist. And he's the one, George Hunter, the crime reporter, who has the guts to go on the record publicly on social media and call Chris McCoskey out for what he is, a lapdog for the Detroit Tigers. The same way he was an apologist for Joe Dumars and the Detroit Pistons, the same way he was for the Detroit Red Wings and Ken Holland, the same way he was for the Detroit Lions organization, he's hit the grand slam of being a slapdick media member, lapping up whatever the Detroit sports teams tell him. And Al Avila, that's who you're going to compare me to? George Hunter, the crime reporter for the Detroit News, calling out his co-worker on social media. Anthony Fennick is there every day. Supposedly, if he under get, what condition? If he can get up in time. If, he, if his alarm goes off. If he's not banging his supervisor in the uh, Detroit Free Press building. If he's not sexually harassing co-workers. Anthony Fennick? You want to compare me or Spiro to Anthony Fennick and Chris McCoskey and Chris Ayotte, who sits there, and I don't want to rip off Spiro, I want to give him credit, being a uh, press conference stenographer whose only interest is getting at home on time to eat his dinner and racking up Marriott points and Delta mileage, who's never never said one controversy. These are the people who are there every day, and those are the people you want there every day because they don't question anything. They're not journalists. That's why when Tom Gage retires, you give him a plaque at the, at the pitcher's mound and have Tom Gage Day. You don't want me down there. You're not going to give me a press pass to ask the tough questions. Nobody down there is saying, is there an internal struggle between Al Avila and Mike Illich? Lynn Henning interviewed Al Avila last, yesterday. Oh, he got the exclusive before anyone else. Did, did Lynn Henning ask El Avila, is there some conflict between you and the ownership? No. No tough questions are answered. And you're not giving me a press pass or Spiro. So how are we supposed to get down there? I'll come down there tonight. I can talk to Anthony Fennick about Stephanie Murray. Oh, God. We can talk about Kitten. We can talk about the other girl who works in the media who he stalked at Central Michigan. You want to go down that path, Al Avila? Give me the press pass. I tried to go down to your predecessor, Dave Dombrowski's final press conference, and, and I was stopped at the door. You guys didn't believe that I worked for the Detroit Jewish News, as me here pointing it out. 
So I don't know what you want from us, but we're the only ones reporting what's going on down there. And if you think that everything's hunky-dory, if you're that delusional because you hate either me or Spiro that much, why is Brad Ausmus coming out and saying, yeah, I know I could be fired at any moment? Come on, use some fucking common sense. We're going to take a break and we're going to come back with a little quick Red Wings talk and then we're going to get out of here. This is a previously recorded episode. Sabotage. That's a pretty good uh, song for the DSR. I've been called the Twitter saboteur by uh, Lynn Henning, another credentialed member uh, down at Comerica Park. Maybe this week I will uh, formally request a media credential, and then when they say no, I can uh, ask Elville what he wants me to do since I'm not down there every day, blurry-eyed, like Anthony Fennick reporting on who hit the most batting practice home runs. Exactly. Thank you. That's that's the kind of reporting we're getting. Uh, Brad Osmus defense from so that's so bad from Chris McCoskey that his coworkers are calling him out. And who hit the most home runs in batting practice from Anthony Fennick and Chris Ayat, a ghost. And they're not even sending him on all of the road trips this year. And we'll have to cut back. So it's it's embarrassing. There's one more audio clip. We're going to get out of here quick. And we got two real quick things. We were going to talk, we were going to talk about the Red Wings. I've got a, a, basically a 10-point plan on how to uh, fix the Red Wings as best as possible. I had a discussion uh, in the last week with someone who was in the media, very close to the Red Wings, and I laid it all out to that person. Uh, I've laid some of it out to Prashant uh, Iyer also. And the, what I was kind of told was, while Ken Holland might agree with a lot of the things that I'm going to suggest, and I'm going to write the article this week, I promise, um, that it's kind of Chris Illich. Chris Illich is hell-bent on this team never missing the playoffs, no matter what. That that playoff streak is the most important thing and that they're not taking a step back to go two steps forward because of Chris Illich. Uh, to the point where Chris Illich is even uh, alien. If you're hoping Steve Eisman one day comes back, I was told this week Steve Eisman will never work for Chris Illich. Uh, so, uh, I mean, there's a lot of dynamics. I mean, it's funny, you go, you transition from the Tigers uh, to the Red Wings, and, and Chris Illich seems to be on our side. Uh, on Al Avila's side and, you know, sabermetric uh, devotees when it comes to the Tigers. But with the Red Wings, it seems like Chris Illich is almost as big of an impetus to Red Wings' success as Ken Holland. And I'm going to get that into that in the article and we can talk about that. But before we go, I wanted to play a clip because I've had this um, for about two weeks now. You, you might remember I wrote the article about Henrik Zetterberg basically – Running the Detroit Red Wings, the Swedish Mafia article, um, that he was undermining Jeff Blashill. Well, Jeff Blashill went on the radio up in Grand Rapids, WBBL, with Bill Huge Simonson, uh, pretty much one of the biggest enemies of our website. And he gave an interview. And and Simonson, which I will give him credit, he's pretty much the only person in the media who will actually reference Detroit sports rag uh, topics. So while he is a huge scumbag, as we've reported, he, he will use our information to benefit him. And he asked Jeff Blaschel point blank about my story. He didn't say my name or anything, which I don't care. 
but at least he asked him the question. So here is uh, Simonson asking Blashill about the Zetterberg article and Coach Blashill's response. The story that was out there that Zetterberg was pushing for certain guys to be on the roster or get ice time, any truth to that? No truth to that whatsoever. Um, uh, absolutely false in that sense. You know, the one thing about the world we live in today is if it's on the Internet, it appears to be true, and that's not always the case. Um, you know, lots of people go to journalism school and get journalism degrees and are in journalism for a reason. And when they're in those jobs, uh, they do lots of fact-checking. Um, I'm not sure that's always the case with uh, those who blog. And there's two totally different things. But I think from a perception of, of people that are on the Internet, they take a blog the same as something that's written in the Detroit Free Press. And I would tell you there's a lot more fact-checking going on from those that uh, work for the newspapers and the media outlets like yourself. Um, I can say this for certain. Uh, I've never had a leadership group that I didn't take lots of input from. Um, I will always do that. I- okay, once again, the same tired attack. Red Wing, Detroit Red Wings can give me a press credential too, and I can ask these questions of Jeff Plashill. Or we could just continue to hear Greg Krupa slap dick it up. Ted Cole, the Detroit Free Press. Yeah, that's a bastion of integrity. The Detroit Free Press, who uh, in, employ a plagiarist and refuse to comment on that person's plagiarism. Yeah. Go on Bill Simonson show and say, that he's got integrity. Why don't you read the article that I sent to your wife, Erica, Jeff, about Bill Simonson that I sent her on Facebook Messenger. I'm still waiting for either Jeff Blashill or Henrik Zetterberg to contact me so we can have some, you know, I'll have some hot cocoa. You can have a coffee at Starbucks and we can discuss the story. You want to call out me and what my sources are, Zetterberg? I haven't heard from you. Since you told everyone in the media that you wanted to talk to me, you've been given my phone number by multiple people. And Jeff Blasio, I'll be happy to talk to you whenever you want. But the person who was telling us this stuff didn't even have an axe to grind. This wasn't Thomas Yurko. This wasn't Timu Pulkinen. This is a guy who's pretty much happy with you. So you want to call me out on huge pile of shit show, Jeff Blasio. We can talk about how when you were at Ferris State, your nickname was the Naked Goalie. Because you'd go to parties and strip down to nothing when people started screaming Naked Goalie because you got so obliterated. Do you want to talk about that, Jeff Blashill? Should I, could, should, should I stop referring to you as Jeff? I've been your biggest supporter, Naked Goalie. And you're going to go on Bill Sign, my arch enemies program, and denigrate my reporting, Naked Goalie? I don't think so, <laughs> naked goalie. I I don't even know where to. I, I this show's frustrated me to no end here. You want to say anything? To, you want to uh, pimp your Graham Couch article? We, we're we're really behind because I think I've only tweeted it out twice. I've got six more times to go, and you're really been derelict in your duties. How many times have you tweeted out your article? I have not tweeted it out yet. Uh. Oh, yeah, okay, great. Good <laughs> job. Good job. <laughs> Graham Couch goes and writes an article about a Lansing quadruple-A soccer team and tweets it out eight times. Mihir, not one time has tweeted out his own article about the guy. Get on the ball. 
Stop stealing stuff from Spiro and tweet out your Graham Couch article. Or shut the fuck up. Ouch. Sorry. Uh, I might have to Sorry. leave the website you after that. Blat. Website. Yeah. Sorry. No, but uh, I did write a long uh, piece on Graham Couch, about 4,000 words. And basically, I just chronicled all the terrible takes, uh, the various insults he's hurled at members of this website and former members of this website, uh, just his integrity as a journalist and how he's just downright awful. I think he's he's approaching... Uh, it's 6.51. Is Bureau calling you? <laughs> No. Oh, okay. Go on. Sorry. Uh, I, Sorry I, here. That's fine. Uh, I just think he's Sorry. probably the worst media member in the state at the moment. I mean, you could obviously argue like Lynn Henning or Simonson, uh, but just yeah, he, check check it out on the website. Check out the article. And if you read the article in Mahir's voice, you probably will get done with it sometime in August. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I would advise you to do. I appreciate Mahir and Jessica being here to assist me. Uh, on tonight's Detroit Sports Rag podcast. Next week we'll be broadcasting out of a new studio. Who knows who's going to show up? Maybe Jasper Apollonia's will figure out his college credit issue, <laughs> even though he's all over Facebook, smiling in his cap and gown. Cap and gown. We'll, we'll get into that conspiracy next week, but uh, thanks for joining us on this week's DSR podcast. Uh, hopefully there'll be no litigation uh, from anyone. It was kind of a little. I mean, I said a few things that were probably out of out of order, but I mean, Jessica, just Jesus Christ, just, it, absolutely, it really no wasn't filter. that bad. Making, no fun of, on her. making a fun of a guy because his name is Shannon. It's not my fault. His parents hated him. Let, let, let's see you say that to Shannon Sharp. Oh. I don't think that would happen. I don't know who that is, but yeah. I will. Okay. <laughs> Loose cannon. <laughs> Loose cannon. All right. Good night, everyone. Have a good week. This is a previously recorded episode.